What we knew is happening is now happening. Joe Biden is officially the president-elect. With his nomination, the headaches now begin for Joe Biden. And I wish a fond farewell to the best attorney general I have known in my life. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, so we've got some things going on here. Um, again, the news cycle is just insane right now. It's going to take me three days just to catch up. So we knew this was going to happen. Um, the Electoral College happened yesterday. Joe Biden, as of my writing, one three oh two to two thirty two. He actually, after um, after Hawaii's vote gets in, it'll be I think three oh six or three oh seven to two thirty two. Um, so there you have it. Joe Biden is the president-elect. It is official. That doesn't mean that the Trump administration is not going to continue uh, doing his thing, but um, it's pretty much over at this point. Uh, Joe Biden made a very irrelevant speech right after. I mean, he's already made an acceptance speech. Uh, his speech was 15 minutes long. Uh, it was basically just him patting himself on the back and I, I'm not going to play this I'm not even going to play clips of the speech because it was just so dumb and he's going to make another uh, uh, acceptance speech on January 6th when uh, the Senate certifies him so I'm not exactly sure why he did this but I will say there were a couple of things that he did say or that were just really annoying and he's not I <coughs> First thing he did was he kept coughing throughout the entire speech. He kept coughing. This was noticed by the media, and they did comment on it, which I'm not surprised about because, as I said, this is going to be about, okay, how do we get Kamala Harris into, how do we get Kamala Harris into the presidency? That's what this is all going to be. So now... Uh, between Hunter Biden's story, between his coughing, between a lot of the other crap that he's been through, this is this, this is going to be the start. This is going to be the new narrative, is getting Joe Biden out of office. I, and I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. There's a reason Hunter Biden was not talked about until after the election. There's a reason that his fitness and his physical health were not talked about until after the election. You just watch. This is coming. This is coming. Um, he sat back and made it out like this was an absolutely huge mandate for Joe Biden, that he got the most votes in U.S. history. Well, yeah, but there were also the most votes given. And you know who had the second most votes in U.S. history? Donald Trump, this election. That he won by 8 million votes. This was an absolute mandate. This was not a mandate. This was not a mandate by any stretch of the imagination. So, I mean, this is, again, this is going to be the narrative from here on out. He attacked Trump on all his legal challenges. He attacked Trump as being a lousy president, things like that. Now, what's interesting here is you've got 172 million people who thought that Joe Biden lost, who thought that Donald Trump was a better president, is going to be a better president. I am not completely sure how attacking, how attacking Donald Trump 
is actually going to unite. And this is the whole thing with Joe Biden. Unite, unite. That's all you hear about with this guy. And yet he continues to keep attacking. He's attacked Donald Trump on his legal challenges. And those legal challenges were disfranchising citizens of the United States. Of course, the problem is he had a legal right to do so. Um, Trump doesn't sound like with his administration actually doing what they're doing right now, that they're actually going to stay in the White House. So there is going to be a peaceful transition one way or the other. But uh, for some reason, it's if someone goes out and does a legal challenge, this is a big problem for him. He, again, the unity, unity, unity. He's the president for all people and um, not just the people who voted for him. It's the same speech he's been using for ages. Here's the problem with Biden is, and this is the big secret, he's not a unifying president. He is basically saying, 180 million, I'm for you, and the 172 million, shut up. By the way, that's what that's what Barack Obama did. Barack Obama did the same thing. He sat back and said, everyone voted for him, I'm here for you, and for those who didn't, you're racist if you don't agree with me. This is what he did, and this is what um, Biden essentially did again yesterday. So he really is following, um, he really is following the Barack Obama playbook, except he's an old white man, he's not going to get away with it. Maybe we'll hear about the ageist thing. Um, he talked about the pandemic and how to get the economy up. Uh, again, the pandemic has basically already been fixed uh, by Donald Trump and his vaccines, which, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Um, I'm not, the only thing I'm not sure about is how he thinks raising taxes on everybody is going to fix the economy. But he didn't talk about that. And by the way, I know a lot of people are saying, well, no, he didn't say he was going to raise taxes on everyone. He said he was going to raise taxes on people making $400,000 or more. No, that's not true. He is going to get rid of the Trump tax cuts. That's what he said, which means my taxes are going to go up from 23 to 28% like they were before. He's going to rent the payroll tax was under the Trump tax cuts, which means you're going to see less money in your paycheck which means you're going to see layoffs again. And then he's going to raise taxes on people making 400000 and above again because they benefited, sort of, from the tax cuts. So, don't listen to his bullshit speech because that's what it was. It was unnecessary. It was the same speech he made a while back. Now, there's one thing I want to point out what was absent in his speech. There was no mention of Hunter Biden. In fact, he ignored a question that was thrown out by uh, Steve Ducey from Fox News. He just turned around in his feeble old way, waved his hand, and thanks for the congratulations. I mean, he really was patting himself on the back yesterday. That's really, it was an annoying speech. But Hunter Biden, now everyone's reporting it. What a shock after the election. So this is going to come up. There was no mention of the Chinese infiltration of our government. Now, I haven't been able to talk about that yet. Uh, I actually think I'm going to have it in tomorrow's uh, podcast. But apparently, the infiltration into the United States government by China is far heavier than we had thought before. It is in our businesses. It is in our big businesses. It is in our government. We already know Eric Swalwell and Dianne Feinstein had Chinese spies in their cabinets. This is scary stuff. 
But there's no talking about that. No mention of any of Trump's successes, including the vaccines that he helped to promote, including the economy that he's going to benefit from until he raises taxes and removes uh, Trump's tax plans. We're going to see what's going to happen. Not mention of one policy, one policy. No mention of his foreign policy. No mention of his domestic policies. No mention of how he's going to handle leftist groups like Antifa or uh, BLM. No mention of the civil unrest in the streets. It was really a neutered speech. It was just a terrible speech. And no questions were allowed to be asked of him again. This is the narrative that is constantly going to be with Joe Biden. It was a fluff speech. It was a repetitive speech. We can expect to see this for the next six months that Biden is president because I don't think he's going to be president after six months. A lot of rhetoric was repeated in a lot of rhetoric he repeated in previous speeches and absolutely no substance. But you can tell that um, you can tell that the Republicans are beginning to kind of accept that president, that uh, Vice President Biden is President-elect Biden. Um, Cocaine Mitch, Mitch McConnell, uh, actually opened up his speech on, opened up his session on Tuesday in the Senate by basically congratulating him. Why don't you listen to that? Yesterday, electors met in all 50 states. So as of this morning, our country has officially a president-elect and a vice president-elect. Many millions of us had hoped the presidential election would yield a different result. But our system of government has processes to determine who will be sworn in on January the 20th. The Electoral College has spoken. So today I want to congratulate President-elect Joe Biden. The president-elect is no stranger to the Senate. He's devoted himself to public service for many years. I also want to congratulate the vice president-elect, our colleague from California, Senator Harris. Beyond our differences, all Americans can take pride that our nation has a female vice president-elect for the very first time. So it was a very genuine uh, congratulations. and A lot of questions are going to be, well, what's Trump going to say? Is Trump going to concede? Is Trump going to? You know what? A lot of people, and a lot of people are saying he should. I don't agree with that. I don't think he should. I think this election was stolen. I think there were a lot of issues in this election. I think Trump should do what he does, and he should just continue on with what he's doing, which is fighting. And I think Republicans respect that. They'll respect it more than just bowing down. Now, Mitch McConnell also has another problem he needs to deal with. He's going to have to deal with uh, Joe Biden. And he's going to have to deal, he's going to have to be tough on Joe Biden. And hopefully, uh, we win those two seats, Senate seats in Georgia, which is looking now more important than ever to win those seats in Georgia. Um, but he's going to have to deal with them. So, and it doesn't, there's nothing he can do to change anything. So if Trump does for in some small way or in some way with the little chance he has he does win mcconnell will be the first one to congratulate trump but it's not looking good but as far as people saying trump should should 
concede. Trump should um, uh, 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 congratulate Biden. Trump Biden's a piece of garbage. I don't think he should actually concede. He it doesn't mean he's not going to leave office. Just he doesn't have to concede. Doesn't have to congratulate him. Why why bother? Who cares? Okay, but meanwhile, congratulations to Joe Biden, and I mean that sarcastically. Uh, but Joe Biden's got some headaches to deal with, and I guess that's part of the problem with being in the Democratic Party is just your party is all corrupted. So a big post uh, that Joe Biden is going to have to fill is the Attorney General post. He has been left with about four candidates that he's considering. The outgoing Alabama Senator Doug Jones, uh, Governor of New York Andrew Cuomo, former Deputy, Depu former Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates, and former D.C. Court of Appeals Chief Judge Merrick Garland. Now, supposedly, Andrew Cuomo was actually under heavy consideration, and that kind of makes sense. He has an 80% approval rating in New York as their governor, the largest, one of the largest states in the union. Uh, I don't know why. It just shows me that New York New Yorkers are really stupid, because he killed a little less than 40,000 people during the China virus crisis uh, by his weird policies of sending old folks with COVID into old folks' home. Um, he also has a major crime problem. He's got a major homelessness problem. He's got a major drug problem in his state that he doesn't seem to deal with. People are leaving his state left and right. But he is very aggressive, he's very strong-willed, and he's got the media backing because he's the brother of CNN host uh, Chris Cuomo. So he's a media darling. I mean, that's why the media keeps saying, oh, how presidential he looks. Uh, the problem with Andy is he likes chicks. One of his former political advisors, a gal named Lindsey Boylan, tweeted, yes, at NYGov Cuomo sexually harassed me for years. Many saw it and watched. I could never appreciate what to expect. Would I be grilled on my work, which was very good, or harassment about my looks, or would it be both in the same conversation? This was the way for years. She continued, not knowing what to expect was the most upsetting part, aside from knowing that no one would do a damn thing even when I, they saw it. No one. And I know I am not the only woman. I'm angry to be put in this situation at all. That's because a, I am a woman. I can work hard my whole life to better myself and help others and yet still fall victim as countless women over the generations have. Mostly silent. I hate that some men, like Go New York Governor Cuomo, abuse their power. Now, I always thought Andrew Cuomo was full of crap. Uh, he's single. I always believed he probably had the, he had the, uh, he had the ability to do this. I mean, Chris Cuomo was the same way. Just seemed like these chauvinistic pieces of garbage. I, they just both of them look like it. He runs one of the largest states in the country, and yet he has no political ambitions, and that makes me question him. He doesn't. He, during the pandemic, he was on television every day for at least two hours. He liked being in the spotlight, 
But AP reported, quote, Cuomo has been asked in recent weeks about his interest in an attorney general spot. Just this week, he said in a public radio interview in New York, I have no intention to run for president or vice president or go to go to the administration. He said uh, the attorney general job is a really critical job, especially now. Hmm. This makes me question, why doesn't, why? He, you're a governor of the biggest state in the country. You've got a high popularity rate. Why wouldn't you run for president or vice president or attorney general? Could it be that when he goes into his background, they're going to find things that they're not going to, he's not going to want released? I'm sorry, if you're a governor in a state, the only natural reaction is to get to be vice president and president. It is actually quite rare that someone doesn't end up president that hasn't been in some sort of governorship role in the first place. Reagan, Clinton, Bush, the other Bush, all governors. Of course, Biden and uh, Biden and uh, Obama were only senators. They, but they have actually proven they don't have any leadership skills. Whereas a governor actually puts it online. Why would you be a governor, put up with all that headache, and then say I, I'm never going to be president, or I have no interest in the attorney? Because I think some of the things that you you have is when he's vetted, he's got some crap in his background. We we are probably going to want to hear. Cuomo responded to the tweet by saying, yeah, I heard about the tweet and what it said about comments that I made, and it's not true. Look, I fought, I fought for and believe a woman has the right to come forward and express her opinion and express issues and concerns that she has, but it's just not true. Okay, well, not really a strong answer. He denies it, but he's kind of like, he's, it, this, this is... Um, the Weinstein deal. Well, no, I always fought for women, but, you know, hey, uh, it's not true. Not a strong answer. So, and I also want to say that the, the media is doing a splendid job in this because the media basically said, well, there's no evidence it happened. The same thing with Biden's accuser, rape accuser. Oh, there's no evidence it happened. Meanwhile, they had no evidence with Brett Kavanaugh, and they had no problem freaking just destroying him. Um, I, I hope Cuomo does get selected to it. I don't think he will, um, especially now, because I think his, uh, his confirmation hearing would be absolutely hysterical. Okay, so what do I think about Biden's picks? Uh, let's get rid of Cuomo. I don't think Cuomo qualifies anymore. I think he's out. Uh, Merrick Gardland would probably be Biden's best choice. And by the way, there's not much of a choice here. I, these, these guys are all... Merrick Garland is, is a leftist. He's probably a more moderate... He's probably a progressive more than a leftist. Um, I, he would probably be a decent choice for the Supreme Court justice, and I think that might prevent him from being attorney general. Uh, you've got Breyer and um, Clarence Thomas, who are getting kind of old... There's a very good possibility that there's going to be need to be a um, there's going to need to be a Supreme Court pick, and I got a feeling that Biden is probably going to want Merrick Garland in that Supreme Court seat because he's too busy jerking off uh, Barack Obama. So it'll be another tribute to Barack Obama who ended up getting him elected. Uh, 
Set, uh, uh, Bob Jones, I, I'm sorry, I don't know much about him. He never seemed like a real strong senator pick. If it weren't for the fact that uh, the Republican pick liked to molest 16-year-old girls and troll them at the mall, things like that, I, I would think that he would have lost, and really his political career is nothing, so I don't think Jones is really a great pick. Sally Yates, on the other hand, meets all the calls. Uh, she's a leftist. She's a woman. She fought Trump until he fired her. I'm pretty sure she will get the nod. I don't think she's the best pick, but I do think she'll have uh, Biden's back when he needs it, especially with the crap that's coming. I mean, with the Hunter Biden probe, with the Russia collusion probe, now you've got a you've got a uh, special counsel on the Russian collusion probe, the, the Trump spying case. It's going to be really hard. I think she will bite the bullet and actually fight back a little bit. So I, I, I got a feeling it's going to be Sally Yates. Black Lives Matter is, is getting on Biden's case. And I think this is awesome. I, I do. I love it. Joe Biden had a virtual conclave with seven civil rights activists and their groups. This included Al Sharpton and Cedric Benson, who is a Democratic representative. I believe it's from Louisiana or Alabama, one of the two. Uh, but someone was missing. But who, you may ask? Well, you don't ask because I already told you. Black Lives Matter. Um, they tweeted, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and Cedric, uh, a representative, Cedric Rep Richmond, met with civil, several civil rights groups yesterday. Black Lives Matter, as the largest social and justice movement in history, was not invited. They were pissed. They were pissed. So this is not good. Uh, Politico did not help Joe Biden. They reported, quote, civil rights leaders said the wide-ranging discussion was set for an hour but lasted about four an hour and 45 minutes, with topics including racial wealth, the racial wealth gap, the diversity of Biden's cabinet, the sub-cabinet appointments, avoiding double standards with black appointees, restoring the Justice Department and other agencies, police and criminal justice reform, boarding rights, judges, and more. The conversation was centered on racial justice and equality. Racial equity is among the four pillars Biden laid out on his top priorities on his transition website. If someone actually told people what racial equity was, I guarantee you Joe Biden would not have been elected by most of the country. Race was also a key issue in the presidential election, as Americans all over the country took to the streets to protest racial injustice amid a pandemic that has disappropriate disappropriately affected black and brown communities. Plus, black voters not only saved Biden's presidential primary campaign, but also helped also elevate him to the White House in November. Okay, that's not true. <clears throat> that's not true. First off, Trump ended up with something like 20, it's going to end up being between 20 and 25% of the black vote. So it was actually Trump that received uh, the biggest boost from black voters. Uh, he also got close to, I think it was 39% to 40% of the Hispanic vote, which was up by like 15%. So this is not true. Where Trump actually got killed in the election was white men. White men actually voted for Biden. Older white men. This was something that, that Trump took in, took in the head. 
Um, and it's interesting because one of the areas that was argued during the Obama-Romney election was that, you know, it wasn't that having a vast number of blacks or Hispanics helped Romney or gave Romney a lot of the vote. It was actually having white men and women that helped him. I find it amazing that Trump actually lost white voters gained uh, black and Hispanic voters, and women, actually. He did better with women, but still lost the election. It's, it's just an interesting thought, uh, because there, we're going to have to see what happens when this election is over and we actually get the uh, breakdowns of the election. I'm sure my statistics are probably a little higher, but we just don't have, have them yet. Uh, anyway, uh, BLM leadership responded. He's, the other thing about the article I do want to point out is they're saying that Blacks are the reason Biden got elected. So, again, that's just not true. But it also puts Biden in a really bad position where he doesn't seem appreciative of the people who gave him his victory. It's, yeah, that that article really did throw him under the bus. This was not a pro-Biden article. So BLM leadership responded, Quote, to set up a meeting with the civil rights leaders without BLM is unacceptable. We deserve a seat at that table. Well, th and this is a problem. This is a problem for Joe Biden. This is a problem when Joe Biden doesn't, you know, now he's basically acknowledging through silence that BLM is a terrorist organization. They're not an organization he wants to be hooked up with. He's admitting it by not allowing them in. And BLM is not gonna, not gonna be quiet. They said a while. They said just thirty days ago, or said a couple days ago. Hey, it's been thirty days since Biden's been elected, and we have yet to hear from him. They are actually expecting that Biden deal with them, because they quote deserve something for their vote end quote. This is not going away for Biden or Harris, because Harris is going to be the president in six months. BLM is going to be a pain in the ass for him. And you know what? I love seeing it. So this, <laughs> this next story, and this is again another pain in the ass for Biden. It's just never going to go away. Uh, what annoys me is when someone's skin color means more than their qualification. And not everything is historic. This is what the media is really pushing. Every time Biden selects a woman into a position or a person of color into another position or a person of color who is a woman into a position or a person of color who is a woman who is a lesbian woman into a position and god forbid if he sticks a transgender person into a position it's always historic it's not historic no one cares this is not putting a black woman into whatever is not a historic event this is the black women have been in government now for 20 30 years so let's get over it there is a drive pushed to get a Native American to lead the U.S. Department of Interior reportedly accelerate, accelerating following his campaign pledge to ensure tribes have a seat at the table at the highest levels of federal government. Listen to this stupid PSA to get Representative Deb Holland, who is a Native American, into the interior. This is 
I, I don't recognize any of these people except Mark Ruffalo. He, they kept saying, well, celebrities are... There's one celebrity that's in this video. So that's not true. But but listen listen to this. And then, you know, I will go off a little bit on Native Americans because I think they have been victimized, over-victimized way too much. So, and... Uh, in my future programs, when we talk about American history, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Native Americans. So listen to this two minute deal here. It's about time. It's about time. It's time for the first ever Native American to serve in the president's cabinet to uphold tribal sovereignty and to protect our public lands as Secretary of the Interior. The Department of Interior is critical to ensuring that the rights of Native people are respected as well as safeguarding our planet to avoid climate catastrophe. There has never been a Native American in charge of the Interior Department. Now is our chance. Over 100 tribal leaders have called on President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Harris to appoint Congresswoman Deb Holland as Secretary of the Interior. And allies are joining the call as well. Congresswoman Holland is one of the first Native American women to serve in Congress, and she has the qualifications for the job. She is already the vice chair of the House Natural Resource Committee, which oversees the Department of Interior. As climate change worsens, fires, floods, and natural disasters are striking the U.S. more frequently and with more force. We need someone who will work to protect Mother Earth as well as our people. The Department of Interior also oversees our national parks, our oceans, our fish and wildlife, and much more. Congresswoman Holland would use her knowledge and commitment to protect our future. This is President-elect Biden's opportunity to make a historic appointment of the first ever Native American cabinet secretary. Representation matters to our communities. Our time is now. Add your voice to the chorus of people calling on President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Harris to appoint Deb Holland to the Department of Interior. Please like and share this video. Hashtag Deb interior such a bullshit commercial first off do you notice a couple of things let's listen to the language she would be one of the first native americans to serve in congress which would make it historic in other words or in an administration in other words she's not the first why is everything that democrats do historic this is not as a historic pick that she gets some low-level job in, in freaking the Biden administration. And I'm sick and tired of everyone being a victim. Just because her skin is red doesn't mean she's qualified to be Secretary of the Interior. And if she thinks that the world is going to end because the evil white man is destroying the environment, then that tells me she's not qualified because I don't think evil white men are destroying the environment. Here's another thing. This is not going to be popular. The Indians... The Native Americans from the 1600s or 1500s all the way through history were not angels. They weren't. The white man, the Europeans did not come and commit genocide. Now, does that mean the Americans, especially the Americans, when we became the United States, were we completely innocent? Absolutely not. But to sit back and say that from Christopher Columbus all the way to the middle of the 19th century, we were victimizing Indians? Stop it. Stop it. We weren't. And I've got some, some things. Here are a couple little secrets 
about the Native Americans, and not just the Native Americans in the continental United States, because quite honestly, there weren't that many Native Americans in the United States. That has been completely overdrawn. There were not 120 million Native Americans in the United States. They think there may have been between 10 and 20 million. That's archaeologists. You know, that science thing that no one likes to talk about. These guys actually dig people up to find out how many people were here. So let's go over a couple of secrets. And this is going to be a Sunday special because we're going to talk about Columbus and we're going to talk about the plight of the Native Americans. So here we go. Number one, the Native Americans were not purveyors of peace and love. A bunch of tribes were extremely aggressive and warring. As a matter of fact, a lot of the Europeans, when they first came over, were fighting those tribes with help from smaller tribes that were being victimized by those larger tribes. The biggest example of this, the Aztecs. The Aztecs were enslaving and sacrificing people to sun god or wherever. The Europeans fought the Aztecs multiple times. And where did they get help? They got help from other tribes in the area that were victimized by the Aztecs. If you look throughout history, and most history books do point this out, real history books, not Howard's in history. They point out that a lot of the Indians were glad the, the Europeans were there because then they finally had a chance against some of these larger tribes. The Europeans and Americans did eliminate 75 to 90% of the population of the Indians. Native Americans, excuse me. But they think that might be kind of exaggerated. And the reason they think that kind might be kind of exaggerated is because um, they're not sure about the total number of Native Americans in Mexico and the United States. They think it, it probably is a lot lower than initial estimates were. One estimate says that there were 120 million Native Americans in the United States and Mexico, current day United States and Mexico. Now they're saying, well, there could be about 20 million and their population was already going downhill. And there's something else to remember. The Europeans, the settlers, the colonists, they were at war with the Indians. Something that's never brought up is the Indians also killed 35% of the settlers. The Indians were not peaceful. This is called war, and that's what happens in war. People get killed. Um, as far as embracing the environment, are you kidding? The Aztecs destroyed their environment by when they weren't sacrificing men and enslaving women. They were tearing down forests to build their civilizations. They were digging up lime and things like this. They, they were not purveyors of the environment. The smaller groups left the environment alone because they didn't have the tools to actually do things like agriculture. But, I mean, if you think that the Indians really embraced and loved the environment, you need to talk to a buffalo because the Indians were single-handedly working it killing the buffaloes for food because they had no agriculture. They had no, um, they had no uh, uh, technology to grow food in other ways. The Europeans also were accused of committing genocide. This is, this is the Howard Zinn 
uh, version of history. It's not true. The Europeans brought diseases like measles, okay, which, here's a shock, the they, there wasn't there weren't a lot of virologists back in the uh, 1500s and 1400s, so they didn't actually bring the disease just to kill the Indians. They brought the disease because they had the disease, they had an immunity to the disease because it was herd immunity, and they unknowingly gave it to the Indians, and a lot of Indians died. But here's the thing. The United States, the area of the United States and the area of um, Mexico, where the Aztecs were, had disease. They had syphilis. They had herpes. They had dysentery. They had tuberculosis. And they had that long before the Europeans got here. So it, it's, this is not a thing. To sit back and say that, oh, if we get a Native American into the uh, secretary as secretary of the interior means all our ills will be cured. I what? Because she's got red skin. Her skin color says something. And I'm sorry. I don't. I don't uh, immortalize the Native American like everyone else does. They were just another group of people that decided to war with the United States with Europeans, and eventually the United States. They got beaten down. They killed a lot of people. I mean, we're, we're not talking they were innocents either. They killed thousands and thousands, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of settlers, colonists, and Americans. And when they got beaten down, they got beaten down. Now, I'm not saying the Trail of Tears is a good thing. I'm not saying uh, the United States did their best to kind of like, okay, let's just make peace and things like that. I don't like the reservation system. Um, but again, the reservation system came out because the Indians did not embrace property like European settlers and the United States did. So they never really had land. And they never really had land because they didn't have the technology to cultivate the land. Which is what the, the European settlers... Okay, I need land because I can grow food, I can domesticate animals... I can do things, none of these things the Indians could do. Hell, I understand that the Aztecs had a concept of the number zero. You know what the Aztecs didn't have the concept of? The wheel. So do me a favor. Save it with the Indians. And here's another thing with the Europeans, just another little thing. Uh, the United, the Americas, the New World was discovered by the Spanish. The reason the Mestizos and the Latinos exist today is because Queen Isabella of Spain actually encouraged the settlers to acknowledge that the Native Americans were actually under Spanish rule. They were considered Spanish citizens. And the settlers from Spain were encouraged to marry and mate with the Native Americans. That's not racist. That's what actually happened. Queen Isabella actually threw Columbus in jail because he sent her 50 slaves from, I believe it was Haiti. I, I can't remember his first place that he stopped. But he sent her 50 slaves. When Columbus went back to Spain, he threw, she threw him in jail 
released and sent back the natives to their homeland. So Europeans' initial response was not, oh, we hate the Native Americans. Hell, the Puritans' initial response was not to hate the Native Americans. When the Mayflower and Thanksgiving comes, which will probably be another indigenous day uh, eventually by the left, uh, don't kid yourself, Thanksgiving's going to be eliminated. It's because these guys don't know any history. So anyway, I, I, I'd mentioned Howard Zinn. Howard Zinn is a, a leftist. He's actually a communist. He believed that uh, Native Americans were something they weren't. They were godlike almost. They were no different than any other civilization, including Europe, including the United States, except they were far behind us technologically. I mean, I, they, their population was being killed because they couldn't, they couldn't grow food and they had disease that they couldn't deal with. We are going to talk about this again on a Sunday special when we talk about history and how history has been destroyed by people who are actually, whose books are, are published and make the United States seem like it's a terrible place. Howard Zinn, Ibram X. Kendi. These people are trying to change history in a way that, um, no, that's not actually what happened. Okay, one more story. Uh, William Barr resigned as Attorney General. This is not a shock. He was not fired. He's le he was not asked to resign. He's leaving because his job is pretty much done. And uh, the incoming administration is, is coming in. And he said he would do that. This is not a big shock. Uh, President Trump tweeted, quote, just had a very nice meeting with Attorney General Bill Barr at the White House. Our relationship has been a very good one. He has done an outstanding job. As per letter, Bill will be leaving just before Christmas to spend the holidays with his family. Deputy Attorney General Jeff Rosen, an outstanding person, will become acting Attorney General. Highly respected Richard Donahue will be taking over the duties of the Deputy Attorney General. Thank you to all. Bill Barr wrote, quote, I appreciate the opportunity to update you this afternoon on the department's review of the voter fraud allegations in 2020 election and how the allegations will continue to be pursued. At a time when the country is so deeply divided, it is incumbent on all levels of government and all agencies acting within their purview to do all we can to assure the integrity of elections and promote public confidence in their outcome. I am greatly honored that you called on me to serve your administration and the American people once again as Attorney General. I am proud to have played a role in the many successes and unprecedented achievements you have delivered for the American people. Your record is all more historic because you accomplished it in the face of relentless, implacable resistance. Your 2016 victory speech in which you reached out to your opponents and called for working together for the benefit of the American people was immediately met with a partisan onslaught against you in which no tactic, no matter how abusive and deceitful, was out of bounds. The nadir of this campaign was an effort to cripple, if not oust, your administration with frenzied and baseless accusations of collusion with Russia. 
Few could have weathered these attacks, much less forge ahead with a positive program for the country. You built the strongest and most resilient economy in American history, one that has brought unprecedented progress to those previously left out. You have restored the American military strength by brokering historic peace deals in the Mideast. You have achieved what most thought impossible. You have curbed illegal immigration and enhanced the security of our nation's borders. You advanced the rule of law by appointing a record number of judges committed to constitutional principles. With the Operation Warp Speed, you delivered a vaccine for coronavirus on a schedule no one thought conceivable, a feat that will undoubtedly save millions of lives. Wishing you, Melania, and your family a Merry Christmas and a blessed holiday season. God bless. This guy is nothing but class. William Barr is nothing but class. And he's probably one of the best attorney generals I have ever seen in my lifetime. God bless him. Godspeed. And thanks for your support. Okay, you can follow me on Parlor at Dumbasses Talking Politics. You can follow me on Twitter at Runninfool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download and listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and YouTube. Visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com if you want to see Joe Biden's speech. It's there. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs> <laughs>